It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by stats and information guru Dan Rivera. You guys can find him on Twitter at DanRivera228. And I got the grinder of all sports, Jay Smooth, in the house. You guys can find him at Smooth underscore 702. And you can find us all on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. NFL Week 8. We got the remainder of the card here. Dan, Smooth, and myself, we're going to go ahead. We're going to chop up six games for you. Uh, Last week on this podcast, went ahead, hit our best bet there uh, that I gave out with the Tennessee Titans over the Kansas City Chiefs. I was happy to go ahead and have that. But this podcast, guys, in general, uh, did rather well last week. I know Dan gave out some winners. Smooth gave out some winners. And uh, this podcast has actually been doing really good uh, throughout the year. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to go rapid fire style for you guys once again. Uh, We're not going to go ahead and belabor and, and, you know, rock and roll here for an hour. Uh, we should probably be done here in 20, 25 minutes. Let's start with our six games here, guys. We have the Miami Dolphins. They're going to be on the road here at the Buffalo Bills. Bills laying a monster number in this game, minus 13 and a half. We have a high total in this one, 49 and a half. Dan, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to throw it to you first. The Dolphins right now, one and six on the season for Miami and Buffalo right now, four and two. How are you seeing this game playing out? I think the line is about right in the sense I think we probably see another Bills dominant win. So I know the Bills week two went down to Miami and blew them out. I believe it was 35-0 or something very close to that. Tua got hurt that game, and we know Jacoby Brissett is just awful now. Back from this cold stage, he was very mediocre, but I don't even know if he's a serviceable backup anymore. So the quote-unquote Tua stinks, we'd rather have somebody else. Like Brissett is probably dead by now. But the Bills are coming off a of bye week. Two weeks ago, you had the Josh Allen going forward on fourth and one play where he slipped and the Titans got the stop and they won the game. I trust this Bills team to get back on track this week over a what I would call a dead team now in the sense of the Dolphins. They know they stink. They know their season's probably done pending a miracle at one and five. I think the Bills coaching staff is much better than the Dolphins. You have the better quarterback, the better defense, the better team in general at home with extra time to prep for a divisional opponent. My biggest concern about backing the Dolphins here is that bad offensive line, depending on what metrics you look at, they're anywhere from bottom seven to bottom five territory, which to me spells disaster and why these Dolphins offense are struggling so much. If the Bills can get a, a decent pass rush, I think the Bills win by about 14, 15, 20-plus points here. I'll lean Bills, but I'll definitely consider the Bills for Survivor this week with McKenzie. All right, so, Dan, here was the first thing I was going to tell you and tell our listeners, be careful of taking the Bills this week in Survivor. Now, look, I know Miami's not good. They're 1-6 on the season, but their last two games, they lose by two to the Falcons, and then they lose to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars by three. But Tua was out for a couple games, and he's been back, and, and they've been looking better. And, and clearly, they could have won that game last week. This is an all-in effort. I actually think Tua comes in here with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, you know, with all the rumors swirling around that Deshaun Watson's going to uh, come into Miami and potentially take his job. And look, the, the reports are getting, uh, you know, more and more serious every single day that Miami might actually, you know, make this actually happen. So, um, you know, I'm not sure how Tua feels about it. You know, he has a limited amount of games, but, um, you know, they might, they might trade him away for a guy who, you know, could end up in prison or, or you know, could be on the uh, NFL exemption list where they're, where they're not even going to allow him to play. So I think he has to be a little upset. And then you have Brian Flores, who, 
uh, give him credit for what he did last year, you know, with this team. And things just haven't worked out well. So I'm guessing he's probably pissy and, and, and chippy. And this is – and, Dan, I'm just bringing this up because these are the games that people get knocked out in their survivor pool and, and they're all regret. Like how did the, one of the best teams in the league go and, and lose to, you know, a 1-16? and It's a division game where this team's salty. Um, they have nothing to lose right now. And I do think that one of the issues that Miami has had over, I'm going to say maybe like the last three, four weeks, the secondary was all messed up. They have one of the best secondaries in the league, you know, with Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Uh, they have multiple guys on that defense that were banged up and hurt, but um, those guys are going to be back. They played a little bit better last week. I think Miami is, is going to circle the wagons for this game. I would take the 13 and a half, and I would just caution everybody, be careful loading the bills into your survivor this week. I think there are plenty of other options that you can go at. At some point, you need the sheep to go and follow the herd, and most of them are going to follow the herd this week right to the Buffalo Bills. But I think Miami plays chippy this week. I think you'll see them swinging and punching and grinding and and running and throwing. I think Tua uh, could put a game together that could actually beat this Buffalo Bills team. I mean, Buffalo's good, but you know they do have two losses on the season. They're not exactly the the NFL's greatest team. So um, I, I I like Miami in the game. That's a lot of points to give that team who I believe is not only fighting, you know, for the season that's, you know, pretty much over, but I believe a lot of them are fighting for their reputations at this point. And that's not a team that you really want to go up go against, uh, you know, when it comes for, you know, punch for punch. So I'm on Miami. I like them. I'll take the 13 and a half. Not sure what you feel about this one. Smooth. How are you feeling? You know, I would look towards uh bills team total to, to go over, you know, they've, been beating up pretty good on some on bad teams this year. Miami included in one of those, the thirty five to nothing win that Dan mentioned earlier when Tua got hurt early in the season. And then, you know, when Tua was coming into the league, I was pretty high on him. You know, he had you know one of the highest QBRs in college football coming you know coming into the league, and you know, he played pretty well. But you know, just seeing him a little bit more now, I don't know if it was the uh, you know what hindered his growth. Maybe uh, going back back and forth between him and Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, but just watching some of his games, you know, this year, it just doesn't seem that he has, you know, quite enough of the arm strength to get the throws, you know, to different spots in the, on the field where he needs to get to, too, because his passes get, you know, you know, read and, and, and jumped on and picked off, you know, on the regular. And, you know, this Bills defense um, is one of the best defenses in the league, uh, creating a lot of turnovers and, and uh, you know, making it tough for 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 opposing offenses. So, um, I think the the spread is too big for me to get involved in this one, especially it looking like the Bills are a heavy a heavy public play. So, I would look something towards you know Bills you know team total over, or you know maybe a Bills you know first half. All right, salt stuff on that one. Let's jump over to the Panthers at the Falcons. Falcons are going to be minus three here, total of forty six. Smooth, I'll go ahead. I'll throw it over to you first. Uh, the, the Panthers have kind of fallen off the deep end here uh, over the last couple of weeks. Atlanta, they get a win there, uh, thirty to twenty-eight, as I just talked about with Miami. You have any thoughts on that game? Yeah, I would. I would look to get involved with the over here. Um, fell for it a little bit, you know. With Sam Darnold, he got off to a really good start to the season, playing, you know, at least better than what he looked like in New York, but. I, think a lot of that had to deal with, you know, the the weapons around him, you know, and the biggest one in Christian McCaffrey, you know, before he got hurt, um, he was playing a lot better. But once he went down, um, it looked like his play, Sam Darnold's play went down with him. 
And, you know, speaking a little bit about the Falcons, uh, looks like over the last few weeks, Matt Ryan has, you know, started to target Kyle Pitts more and they've been able to, you know, score more points and, and win a couple games. But, you know, he he still makes plays to where he can give the game away. So not too much, not too sold on um, on Matt Ryan and the Falcons either. So uh, neither team's defense has held up over the last few weeks. So that would have me, you know, look to get involved on the over if I got involved in this play at all. All right, so let's move. We're going to go ahead and maybe take a look at the over in that one. Dan, how about you, Panthers, Falcons? What do you got? Spoof said it. Kyle Pitts is playing better. I'm a little befuddled by the whole Calvin Ridley situation. I believe it was three weeks ago, the week before going to London, he had that personal reason being out, didn't go to the London game. They got the bye. And then I believe last week he had 10 targets off four catches. Or my apologies, four catches off 10 targets which isn't really his style. I'm a little confused. Maybe there's some chemistry issues. Maybe Calvin Ridley's having some off-field issues, something personal. The Panthers have a Sam Darnold issue. I love Sam Darnold coming into the year. He looked great after 3-0, and then I thought they would kind of regress some. Well, now has it regressed to the point of, is he just a bad quarterback? Maybe, probably. But he doesn't have Christian McCaffrey, but the counter-argument to that would be he's got a lot of other weapons. And the fact that he doesn't have CMC doesn't justify the fact that last week he just threw that awful pick into double or triple coverage on the goal line, which didn't make sense to me, and I think they could have won that game. The Panthers are going to have to rely on their defense and running game since Matt Rule last week came out and said they want to run the ball. Falcons' defense is kind of up and down. Maybe they're starting to play better a little bit. But on the Falcons' offense, they are starting to play better, and that's what I wanted to see from this team. I know the first few weeks they were just terrible, awful, whatever you want to call it, but they had a new coach, a new system coming in, and it's going to take some time for some of these coaches and teams to really gel and really get going. At minus three, I'm more inclined to look the Falcons here because I don't trust Sam Donald at all, and I do wonder if this team is starting to question whether or not Donald's the guy. And I don't know if that creeps into his head. We need Darnold to put a whole good game together. And I don't think he's done that all year at all. So until then, at the right price, I really can't back the Panthers. And plus three, I don't think there's much value on them. So I'll lean Falcons here. I'm with you, Dan. I would lean to the Falcons here. I just think they have the better offense. Matt Ryan, Kyle Pitts, Ridley. The reason, you know, the reason why Ridley kind of struggled there, Dan, as I mentioned, that Miami secondary. Um, is actually pretty good. So I'm guessing he was locked up there, you know, with Xavier Howard or Byron Jones. So uh, I, I just think the Falcons are the better team right now. They're playing better. They got a win last week in Miami on the road. Now they get to come back home. And, you know, you got guys like Cordell Patterson that are stepping up. I mean, I have him in my fantasy league. I'll tell you right now that everybody wants that guy. And I was so lucky to go in and pick him up at the right time. Uh, he's playing well. Uh, Kyle Pitts is finally going ahead and getting into his groove. And then now you're going to have Ridley back, you know, for a second week. So this offense could be dangerous. This could actually be one of the blowouts of the week, which actually seems a little bit crazy. But Carolina, as I said, you know, they kind of fallen off the deep end. Darnold's not good. You have no CMC. Uh, he's not getting the ball to Robbie Anderson. It's like, well, okay, DJ Moore and who else? Uh, really nobody. And I don't want to rely on somebody like Sam Darnold to go on the road uh, against a team in Atlanta that's, you know, really fighting, you know, for their entire season. And uh, if they get a win here, you know, they couldn't you know, actually turn the ship around. So uh, I'll take Atlanta here. I'll lay the three points. I think this game 
uh, could potentially have a little bit of a wider margin than most people um, would think. Let's jump over to Eagles and the Lions. The Lions going to be plus three and a half here, uh, 48. The Lions last week, really game going up against the Rams, and uh, they're catching three and a half points here at home. Uh, they covered last week. I, I absolutely loved the Rams last week. I thought there were a lot of uh, motivational and situational advantages, but look, uh, Detroit came to play. Um, they played tough. I would actually take Detroit here on the money line. I think that they probably beat Philly here. Uh, I'm not. I'm not convinced in Philly. Uh, every sharp and their mother was on Philadelphia last week. I simply did not like this team at all. I think that they are probably one of the bottom ten teams in the league. And now you lose your, you know, your key running back in Miles Sanders. Uh, I believe he has an ankle injury. It looks like they might end up turning to uh, Boston Scott and a Kenneth Gainwell backfield. And there's really no consistency, you know, with the wide receivers right now, uh, with Smith or Rager, Quez Watkins, for that matter. You know, I would only look at probably some player props here with Philly with Dallas Goddard, uh, maybe over his catches and over his yards. But look, I think the Lions after last week, that team's still scrappy. They're still fighting. And, uh, you know, I played them not last week, but the week before. And I really thought that that team was going to show up and they didn't against Cincinnati. They uh, they kind of laid an egg, but they're fighting. And I think that they fight this week, but they really fight for a win. So uh, I'll take the Lions uh, on the Monday line. I don't need three and a half points. I think they win this game outright. Uh, the total on this one, 48. Dan, how you seeing the Eagles at Lions? Well, this is two crappy teams playing together. And I really don't see much of an edge on either side in the sense of this number. Lions did play scrappy last week. They're still fighting after that embarrassing loss to the Bengals. I'm not sure if you two heard that Nick Sirianni grass fertilizer thing today where he went on a little tangent about saying, we need to plant ourselves, we need to grow, make a foundation. thought it was a little weird and a little odd he came out and said that. This team in the Eagles looks lost. They look lost on the coaching staff. They look lost on the fields. I hated that Hurts pick two years ago. I hate it even more now because you have this issue where he really isn't the guy. Great fantasy quarterback, but terrible real-life quarterback. Who are the Eagles to go on the road and lay the three-and-a-half points? Are the Eagles that much better than the Lions? I don't know, and I'd be more inclined to go with you, Sleepy. I think it's one of the few chances the Lions can win this year because if they don't win this game, I really don't see another win coming until late in the year. If it comes at all. And you're already the Lions. You're already the first 0 and 16 team to go not win a game. Do you want to be the first 0 and 17 team the first year into it? No. Do the Lions get up again after that all in effort last week? Or do they kind of lie down again? I really don't know. I'll lean the three and a half, but if you're going to play this game, I got to go with you sleeping and play the Lions money line. All right. Good stuff there, Dan. I'm glad you kind of agree there with me. How about you, Smooth Eagles? Lions, what do you got? Um, I would have to go against you guys and look to back the Eagles here. Um, looks like a little bit of a system play for me. Uh, Lions look like they're going to be the public dog in this matchup. And, uh, you know, they open up at three and it's moved up to three and a half. And, you know, just. Thinking about the Lions, you know, through the first half of this year, well, I don't, I'm not sure how many times they can keep getting off the mat, you know, with so many close and tough emotional losses that has their coach, you know, going to the podium and crying and things like that. And, you know, last week, you know, the Lions, um, there was nothing to me that would support, you know, you know, backing the Lions against the Rams. You know, there was no stats or 
or anything like that that would, you know, look for me to say that the Lions would play tough and uh, at least have a shot to win that game other than the fact that the team really rallied around, you know, Jared Goff and, you know, played as hard as they could. So I think they could be in a possible, you know, letdown spot. And the Eagles, you know, they're not – they're not – they're kind of in the same boat as well, but they've played some some better, you know, some better teams and you know, they, they've had better moments to me um, against those teams. They just couldn't put a whole game together. But I think, you know, Jalen Hurts and his offense um, – they'll be able to have a, you know, more opportunities to have more of a, more of a complete game. You know, this Lions defense is pretty slow and, and lacks talent. And, you know, I just think that, you know, the, the Eagles offense will have a better chance to just, you know, ha- have another big day. You know, they, they put up some, some good numbers um, against the Chiefs defense. That's not that good. Um, they have moments, you know, against some other good teams, but, Going up against a, a weaker team and a slower defense like the Lions, I just think they'll have a you know a better chance to to score and win by margin against you know the what seems to be the public trendy dog of the week in the Lions. So, you know, I'll go the other way and um, I'll look to I'll lean towards the Eagles at the three and a half. All right, so movie going to be on the other side there. Uh, I don't want to throw any shade on your handicap because you did make a lot of good points. But one of the reasons why I kind of like the lines in this particular game, and I didn't bring it up, is 0-17. And that's uh, that's a reality. I mean, look at this team's schedule. I mean, they got to go on the road after this against the Steelers, against the Browns. They got to play the Bears, the Vikings, the Broncos. Uh, they have a bunch of games on this ro- on this schedule, you know, that they could lose, and they could lose again in, in you know in bunches. I feel like this is that one game that's like, let's just get you know, let's get a win. And let's end that talk because if they lose this game and they lose another one, that that's that that's the talk around this team. Oh, when are they going to fire Dan Campbell? I don't care if he comes to the podium crying. Da 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 da. This team stinks. They should be doing better. They they got Jared Goff. This that and the other. So um, I'm sure there's whispers about that. But not only does this team want to get their first win, but they want to avoid that conversation. And the way that this team's been fighting and grinding. Um, eventually they're going to break through at some point. And I believe it is, you know, this particular game. I just don't like what I'm seeing with Philadelphia right now. Uh, let's jump over to the Rams at the Texans. Texans are going to be plus 14 and a half here. Uh, Rams laying another two touchdown number, total of 47. Dan, I'm going to let you go ahead and start out, and then I'm going to go ahead and make my case, and I'm not sure if you have the Rams as a survivor pick, but I'm going to make a very strong case on why you should take the Rams over the Bills and I believe it's only going to take me about 30 seconds to convince you. But why don't you talk about the Rams-Texans as far as the game's concerned? I'm glad you bring up Survivor. 14 and a half. I don't know. Do I really want to lay 14 and a half points? I don't want to back the Texans this week. I'm pretty sure Tyrod Taylor is going to play this week. As we record this, he was starting to practice, but question with the game. So I don't know. Does it really matter, though? You had the whole Mark Ingram get traded today. And then I finally figured out what Brandon Cook's tweet meant. When you go public like that, being so upset about a dude being traded, did you lose the locker room? It's one thing to say in private, and then in the offseason it leaks out. That's one thing. But to blatantly go out publicly like that on Twitter for the entire world to see, that's one of those times where you can just say you just lost the locker room. This is one of those times where the players are sick of the coaching staff. They're sick of the losing. Screw you guys. We're not going to try this week. I'll lean Rams 
only just because I don't want to lay the 14.5 points. You could probably tease him down somewhere if you can get a 14. Maybe a 13.5 shows up come Sunday, so you can get that about 6.5 or 7 territory. The Rams had that scare last week in the sense that the Lions came out with every single punch, and the Rams took it, won a close game. But the fact that the Rams had a sweat sweat for a bit in that game makes me lean toward the Rams. But let's bring up Survivor. Like I said, it's about the fact that the Rams had a sweat last week. Do the Texans quit on the coaching staff finally? I don't like using that term because a lot of people like to use it. But if you use the Bills for Survivor this week, and Sleepy, this is something I want your opinion on. I was looking at that schedule for the next few weeks. The Bills' schedule is a joke. And if you use the Rams this week, they don't really have that many more outs in terms of the Survivor. Sure, they probably beat some division teams. But I don't want to be risking a survivor pick on a division team who's still trying toward the end of the year, like maybe a San Francisco or an Arizona. Even Seattle, they play later in the year. But will Russell Wilson be back? Just in terms of the survivor, I think you should have way more outs going forward than the Bills. Or my apologies. I think the Rams have less outs than the Bills going forward. All right, Dan. Well, I'll go ahead and I'll talk about that in a second. I want to go ahead and get Smooth's take on this one first, and then I'll I'll circle back and I'll answer that question. So Smooth, Rams, Texans, how do you think about that game? You know, I haven't had too much luck back in the Texans this year. Um, outside of week one when they were getting about a, a touchdown on the road, you know, to the Jaguars and they won that one outright. Seems like I've been on the wrong side anytime I got involved with the Texans. And I think a large part has to do with what Dan mentioned, you know, not too long ago with uh, Tyrod Taylor being out and them going with Davis Mills. You know, the rookie quarterback out of Stanford um, just hasn't been a whole lot of success for him or, you know, not too many other rookie quarterbacks, you know, not named Mac Jones this year so far, either straight up or against the spread. But um, I would look towards, you know, back in the Texans if um, Tyrod Taylor is, is able to play. Um, so you, I think you, you have to kind of play that now while you can get the 13 and a half because I think that number will come down a little bit if, if he ends up playing. And, you know, you wait it out. But, you know, I would look that side, you know, just looking at the Rams, um, you know, seeing how they didn't really take the line serious. Um, there's a little bit of a concern for me, and I don't really think that they'll take the Texans all that serious as well, seeing that they're on their schedule that they got coming up next. Uh, they got a game with the Titans, 49ers in the division, and Packers. So um, I think that they're just, you know, just skating by, doing just enough to pull out wins. Over these next two weeks, maybe not show a lot, um, you know, on film and really, you know, go after those, you know, uh, tougher teams, you know, after these two cupcakes. So um, I would look to, you know, you know, back the Texans if, you know, Tyrod Taylor um, ends up playing. You, you may lose some some value on the line, but I think it would be worth it, you know, knowing that he's for sure in there or not, you know, compared to Davis Mills. All right. Well, I think you guys both talked about, you know, what happened last week with the Rams. Uh, Obviously, I told you guys that I like the Rams a lot. That sucked for me. But that's a wake up call for that team. And within that division, they need to keep pace with the Cardinals. They need to keep pace with a lot of teams. You know, in the NFC, there's a lot of teams in that in that conference that you know only have one loss and they could be sitting, you know, with a with a very good record and they might end up having to go you know, on the road for a game. I mean, it, it, that's not out of the question. I think they wake up for this game. I think last week was a uh, a slap in the face that, 
Uh, yeah, just because you're playing a team that stinks doesn't mean you can overlook them. The Rams' defense last week looked, I, I just want to say, rather pitiful, and the offense looked like it was uh, it was sleepwalking through that game. They could have lost that game. I mean, that's not that is not far fetched. The Rams could have lost that game last week. So, Dan, let me go ahead and clear up the survivor thing here. I want to go ahead. And I want to compare two rosters. I want to compare the Texans and the Dolphins. If you look at the Dolphins right now, their roster actually is not bad. Uh, you have Tua Tungavailoa, you have Miles Gaskin, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle, Preston Williams, and Mike Kosicki. And then on the defensive side of the ball, as I mentioned, Byron Jones and you know Xavier Howard, guys that can uh, you know go ahead and make a difference. But when I look over and I look at the Texans roster, um, there's not a whole lot there. I mean, you're talking about journeyman players um, that have been in the league for a long time, that have been washed up, that have been shipped around. Guys like Danny Amendola, guys like David Johnson. I mean, the only real player that they have on their team that is actually good quality is Brennan Cooks. And Tyrod Taylor's been out for a while now. Um, you got to wonder what he's going to be like. And as you were talking about that locker room, like, yeah, he's been away for a little bit. But, you know, does this team have enough fight at home um, to go ahead and beat the Rams? I don't believe so. I don't think that these two rosters, you know, the Dolphins and the Texans are actually even close. Although I think Miami isn't very good right now, they do have enough players to go ahead and create some issues, especially within the division. Here's one of my concerns, though, with the Texans that, that I had earlier in the season that I don't have now. You know, that, that team was thrown in the trash in the beginning of the year. Nobody thought they would win. They came into the preseason and they fought. You know, they were like, yeah, you guys can make fun of us all you want, but we're going to come out and we're going to win a game or two or whatever. And guess what? They did. And a lot of people threw shade on them to go ahead and start the year. It was like, okay, yeah, it's preseason, whatever. It's regular season now. And you know what? They won another game. So that monkey is off their back, kind of similar to, you know, the Lions, it's like, well, they're in that situation right now. They're they're fighting. So I don't believe the Texans have a whole hell of a lot to play for here. That's just my gut feeling. So there's no way I can find myself, you know, going ahead and, and, and taking the Bills and Survivor and not going ahead and really looking at the Rams. And as you had mentioned, you know, if you take a look at the schedule going down the road, you might have fewer chances to play the Rams. Um, and, and at some point you have to go ahead and you have to use them. And I believe that at least 50% of the people are probably going to be on the Bills. 50% of the people are going to be on the Rams. I just feel like the rosters for the teams that they're playing aren't very close. So I'm making my case again uh, to go ahead and back the Rams last week. A little scary. With that said, let's jump over here to uh, Jay Smoove, San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are going to be on the road here at Chicago. Chicago catching plus four here at home, total 39 and a half. Smooth, I want your opinion on this one. I know you're not exactly happy right now uh, with the play that you're getting from your 49ers, but my gut feeling says that you want to go ahead and take them here on the road in Chicago. What do you got? You know, um, you know, coming into the season, um, I wasn't as optimistic about my 49ers as I was in previous years, and that was because of the the quarterback position. Um Yes, the 49ers won games with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, um, but, you know, I think the jury's out now. That had more so to do with um, the elite defense when it was healthy and, you know, the creative run game and plays that Kyle Shanahan was able to draw up. But um, with them trading, you know, as high as, as high as they did in the draft going with Trey Lance, um, I think I think they were a little bit confused. You know, they wanted Trey Lance to be – 
the guy, you know, sometime this year, but with him not playing a lot of football and him being out and because of Kyle Shanahan's playbook, as difficult as it, as it is for a veteran, let alone a rookie, um, he's just not ready this year. So um, I would actually go and uh, back the Bears here. Uh, I know they looked terrible, you know, last week against the Bucks, but the Bucks are defending Super Bowl champs. And, you know, after a couple of weeks where their defense was getting torched, mainly due to, you know, a lot of guys being out and especially having, you know, a, a completely different secondary from when they started the season with um, Todd Bowles is one of the best defensive coordinators in the game. And he got a couple weeks to, you know, get those guys acclimated and um, up and running in their system. And the last couple of weeks, they played a lot better. And the week before that, they dealt with the Packers uh, with Aaron Rodgers. So um, this week going up against, you know, the 49ers offense is struggling to score the ball and take care of the ball with Jimmy Garoppolo and the defense. You it's been proven that you can, you know, move the ball against those guys and, you know, put up some points. You know, I know the Colts, they're not a, a real high flying type of offense or anything like that. But in, you know, some of the craziest weather I've seen in a, in a while, you know, last Sunday night, they were still able to put up 30 points and throw the ball down the field a little bit and attack, you know, the 49ers secondary. So uh, I think Justin Fields, um, he couldn't play any worse than he did, you know, last week. I think he had five turnovers himself, you know, with uh, some picks and some fumbles combined. Um, I don't see the 49ers getting after him, you know, like the Bucks defense was able to do or the Packers defense was able to do. So, um, you know, I back the home team, you know, in the Bears. I'd be on the opposite side here, Smooth. I think your 49ers win this game by double digits. I think they win uh, this game rather easily. One, they have the better roster. The Bears right now are just, they're banged up. Uh, Allen Robinson's not healthy. Khalil Mack probably not going to play. Akeem Hicks is questionable right now. They have multiple guys that are on the mend right now. Um, you know, you got Khalil Herbert in there, you know, taking over for Montgomery. And I don't want to throw shade on him in any way because he's actually been, you know, playing his ass off. But at some point, I believe that, you know, all those injuries are going to catch up to them. And you have a team in San Francisco who um, they're salty. And that team uh, is actually getting healthier, believe it or not. And I just think that they have the much better roster. And, uh, you know, after four straight losses, you know, whispers are coming out. Though. Should Shanahan, you know, be the coach, da 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 da, da. But go back and look at San Francisco's schedule. I mean, Smooth, you know they they haven't had an easy game in their last four. And, you know, it's like Jimmy G was in, he was out. Lance was in, he was out. You know, they, they had a running back stable that was all banged up. Uh, Brandon Ayuk didn't get it going. Kittle came back. It was like, you know, when's he going to get the motor running? It was a lot of things going up against that team. And they had to play good football uh, against some good football teams. And, you know, they fought in those games, but, you know, they came up short. But I believe this is like one of the circle the wagon games for that team. You know, it's look, our, our season's on the line. We need to win. We need to we need to turn the season around now. And it has to come here on the road against the Bears team and Justin Fields, who I mean, last week he you know, he threw what, thirty some passes and he threw three of them to the other team. Uh no touchdowns. I just he's not super accurate. Uh I just I don't trust him here. Not against the team in San Francisco who's going to be desperate. But I believe there's guys on the San Francisco offense like Jimmy G, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk that they can go ahead and they can lean on uh, to go ahead and get past this Bears team. I don't like this Bears team right now. Uh, I actually did a recording today with the Hitman, and he talked about how he felt that 
you know, let's say Khalil Mack was out and Akeem Hicks was out, that this is one of the bottom five rosters. I agree with them 110%. Uh, this roster is getting worse as the weeks go by and the, um, you know, the injuries are starting to mount and you just got to wonder, you know, right, right now, I, th- I think Matt Nagy probably knows his job is, is over and done with uh, more than likely, but um yeah, I, I, I cannot find myself getting to the Bears for this game. It would be San Francisco um, for me. I think they win this game by double digits. I think they make a statement. I think they throw their hat um, back in the ring, uh, at least, to, you know, to be a, a contender here uh, that they're not going to get knocked, you know, knocked out of the season and out of the playoffs uh, just this early. I think they'll have some fight this particular week. How about you, Dan, 49ers, Bears? What do you got? I am really, really concerned for this Bear team. Are they officially a bad team now? I know a lot of people love Justin Fields coming into this year. One in the star, and well, he's had some pretty, pretty bad games. And that was my concern for this team. Is this team ready with Justin Fields? The answer was no week one. The answer is no week two. And the answer is still no with week seven. This is a very weak team, top to bottom, put together. And now you have the injuries. Now you have Allen Robinson out. Now you have Cleo Mack possibly out. You have some other guys on the defensive line like you two have mentioned. Is its team aware that they stink now? I don't know. Is Matt Nagy going to be in the air next year? Probably not. Is the GM going to be there next year? Probably not. So I do wonder motivation comes into play here. I don't trust the Bears to cover here, but I really don't want to be laying four with the Niners. I just don't think the market and the public is caught up yet. The fact that the Bears just aren't a good team this year anymore. They have a couple of wins. They had a good win over the Raiders. But that week, that whole John Gruden situation went down. They beat the Bengals week two. That was when Andy Dalton got hurt mid-game and Fields came in. And they have another one. So they have the three wins. They don't have the public all over them. So I don't know if this Bears team is going to be winning many more games. They probably win five, six games max, but I don't know if I want to be backing them here. I think the Niners right now are kind of in a we-must-win-now type of mode. I don't like using that phrase because it's only week eight. It just seems so hyperbole, so outrageous, and just so in the moment. So I'll lean Niners here because of the minus four. If the Niners minus three comes around game day, then I would bet it, but minus four, I'll lean to the Niners. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily in the moment there, Dan. I think it, it is a must-win now for San Francisco. You know, they're two and four in the season, four straight losses. They have to go ahead. You know, they have to right the ship, or you know, they end up falling to two and five. They're, like I said, there's a lot of teams in that conference. You know, with you know one loss, no losses, two losses, and it's just going to be hard for them to go ahead and squeeze into the playoffs, no matter if they rip off you know a bunch of winners in a row. The only thing that gives me pause is I know that this is Smooth's team and the fact that he's not backing them, you know, it does worry me a little bit. So uh, I won't make a big bet on San Francisco, but again, I do think they win by double digits. But, you know, I will go ahead and, you know, I'll, I'll take Smooth's recommendation here uh, to go ahead and, and, and be careful. And since he likes the Bears in this one, uh, I won't go super heavy. Let's talk about Washington. Let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Both of these teams um, not good right now either. Uh, the Broncos minus three. Uh, shout out to Uncle Dave for going ahead and giving us these games this week. Uncle Dave always seems to pick out all the good games for uh, for himself and Steve and, and, and me on that other podcast. And we get stuck with these ones. But you know, we're going to make it work. We have a total of 44 in this game. Washington, Denver. Let me go first. I'll make it short and sweet. 
Uh, I'm going to bring, I'm going to, I'll put Denver on my card at minus three. Um, there's a chance that this game lands one or two, but I do believe that Denver probably is going to end up getting Jerry Judy back. And I had mentioned, I think it was on this podcast, maybe a couple of weeks back that Denver was going to get a shot in the arm when Jerry Judy came back. Like it was going to be like, all right, cool. You know, we got one of our big playmakers back. Denver's relatively healthy. They're just, they're not winning games right now. And I don't want to blame Bridgewater. I don't want to blame any of the guys. Uh, I think it was a culmination of things, but this Washington team's not very good. Taylor Heineke's going out there. He's making mistakes. Uh, you know, and, and they have no tight end right now. Logan Thomas is still on the IR. Uh, it's it's like Terry McLaurin all by himself out there. So I, I can't get to Washington. I can't I can't do anything, you know, uh, with that defense right now. The secondary's been absolutely terrible all year long. And I think Denver is kind of in a situation that we just talked about with San Francisco. It's like, we need the right to ship. You know, we have guys, we have some talent. Let's put it together for one week, especially at home against a team that we should beat. So I'll take Denver here, minus the three. I don't love it. I like it, but I think Denver has to be the way um, that you have to look in this particular game, especially with Jerry Judy coming back. I believe that is a shot in the arm. I mentioned that a couple weeks ago, and I believe that um, that's going to give that team some life, along with, you know, a little bit of desperation that they're feeling now. And going in the mile high for a team like Washington might be a little bit of a daunting task. So Denver for me, minus three. Smooth, what do you say? No, I lean that way with you, uh, Sleepy. Um, Just for the simple fact that, you know, Jerry Judy's probably going to be back. And, you know, before he was hurt, you know, he was Teddy Bridgewater's, you know, favorite target and most targeted, you know, wideout. And once he went down and KJ Hamler went down, you know, their speed threat, um, you know, Bridgewater, you know, struggled a little bit. So I think it, getting at least one of those guys back in Judy, um, I think the offense, at least in the passing game, should be, you know, a, a lot better um, depending on how healthy Judy looks once he steps out there. And there'll be plenty of opportunities to move the ball, you know, on this uh, Washington defense that's getting exposed this year. Um, last year they didn't go – they didn't face as many as as many good quarterbacks as they're facing this year. Which is what lead, which is what I think is leading them to be, you know, as exposed as much as they have been so far this year. So, I think, you know, just for the simple fact, uh, with the Broncos getting Jerry Judy back, um, they should be better in the passing game. Um, I like Javante Williams, his opportunities he gets when he's able to run the ball. So, I I just slightly lean that way. You know, like you said, neither team, neither one of these teams have been playing well lately. But, you know, I will go with the Broncos uh, with you, Sleepy. All right, cool. So we're going to go ahead and go with me there with the Broncos. How about you, Dan? Are we going to make it three for three on Denver? Yes, we are. I'll look to Denver here, especially at the minus three. Washington should have won last week. It wasn't the Packers beating the football team. It was the football team beating the football team. They had that Tyler Heineke weird tripping over himself, not getting that touchdown. And then I think he turned it over that next play. So they got a stop. They got stopped right there in the sense they stopped themselves. Is Washington finally regressing from last year? I know Heineke played really well last year for the few games, but it just seems like it was one of those situations where you have a QB who is at least competent enough to play in the NFL but there's no film on them, so these teams really can't game plan for them. But now this year, they got plenty of film on them, so I wonder if we just see enough regression. Can the Denver defense get a pass rush here? 
I'm not so sure yet. I think Von Miller missed a couple days this week already with the ankle injury, so he might be out this game. The Broncos' linebacker injuries is beyond awful. They're missing six or seven guys to IR already this year. So I don't know if Heineke and Co. can take advantage of that. Like you guys said, Jerry Duty should be a shot in the arm for this game. So the Broncos should and could throw on this Washington football team. We all know they can't stop the pass. So I'll be looking to you guys. I'll be joining you with the 3-for-3 in the Denver Broncos here. All right, good stuff. So everybody's going to go ahead and look at Denver. Uh, Let me just go over a couple injury notes here, too, for Washington because I didn't get a chance to touch on that. Antonio Gibson, Ricky Seals-Jones. We got two guards in Sheriff and Schweitzer. And Terry McLaurin also listed as questionable. You know, this is a back-to-back two here for Washington. And uh, they have the Buccaneers on deck. So uh, not not an easy situation for that team. I think Denver um, at minus three is, is a pretty solid pick. I'm glad we all agree. Uh, the more I think about this, I'm going to tell our listeners, hurry up if you like Denver and take them at minus three. I believe this line probably closes uh, Denver minus three and a half. So uh, that'll wrap up the podcast, guys. Good stuff. Uh, rapid fire there some solid uh solid opinions good stuff there with dan with the, the survivor stuff and uh I, I guess we can make a consensus best bet here uh the fact that we all agree on the broncos I, I guess that's the only one that we all agreed on uh together uh so we'll go ahead we'll make denver uh, our consensus best bet for this podcast but you guys know where to find us on twitter sleepy j underscore pregame at smooth underscore 702 and at dan rivera 228 and you guys can find us all on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NFL week number eight. Enjoy the games. <laughs>